The views expressed on the following program are designed to amplify those of the speaker and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors. Hello, everybody! What's coming up on today's experience? Devotional Diamonds of the Day, also known as DDDs, where my daily devotions become some of our spiritual reflections. Sound effects placed throughout the show, which have nothing to do with life, but they make me smile, and that's worth it to me. The review of the Goofy News, which proves Jesus is coming back sooner than you think. Corporately and individually, everybody, don't look busy, be busy. Life lessons for our faith that we can actually use. Some of us will and some of us won't. We'll swap in and out. My encouragement is to use whatever you can from the show that helps you take one step closer to the Lord. Humor that will force you to think, why does this guy have a radio show? I don't know. And also Bible trivia for fake and yet somehow real cool prizes, your phone calls, and more. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. My name is David Spoon. I'll be your host for the next 5,400 seconds. Get ready for one of the more bizarre experiences on live radio. Here is the key to the show. We don't know what we're doing. We have no idea what's going to happen, and we don't care. But for the next few minutes, I want to talk faith with you. So here we go. We're asking questions about living life as a Christian. Going through the process of believing, walking, trusting, spending time in prayer, spending time in the Bible, then getting in your car or getting on the bus or walking down the street and encountering others. Sometimes that goes really swell, and sometimes that does not go really swell, but you still are required to be a Christian, walking hand in hand with the Lord throughout that process. Sometimes you go to work and the people are there and they support and love you. Sometimes you go to work and the people are there and they do not support and love you, but you still go to work because you are called to be a light in the darkness, right? All right. If you have an opinion, a comment, a thought, or a question, perhaps you have a simple uh, praise report or even a complex prayer request. That doesn't matter. We want you to reach out to us and let us know what's going on. Our number here, 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. And when you call 972-445-0770, you will get Captain Chris, and you know you... We'll be sailing in the right direction. I probably should have used the will be right before that. That was my fault. Sorry about that, Chris. Also, you can text us, 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. You can do that anonymously. You can do that with your name. You can do that with somebody else's name, but I don't know why you do that unless you're saying something mean, and I guess that would make sense. You can also email us, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. 
Org. That's the email. Comes live during the show. And we encourage you to use that back part of that to get to the website. In other words, the he must increase part. And here's what we want to tell you about that. On the website is the Spoonanity app. That's right. Spoonanity. It's on there. Second page. Plus the new website. If you haven't checked it out, please do so. It's pretty cool. And I put a lot of time and effort into it, and I don't want to have to sit here and cry on the air that nobody looked at it. Also, uh, we're going to be giving some updates on some other things that are taking place, but you can also give on that website. And the big thing about giving is I have a hard time asking people for money, okay? Let's just be honest about it. But I do need that in order for us to keep doing the radio ministry. So somewhere between that conflict, me being immature and stupid, and you guys being faithful and diligent, we work that all together, which is why I send you to the site many times. Go check out hemustincrease.org. Website, hemustincrease.org, hemustincrease.org. Email david at hemustincrease.org. Facebook. He must increase ministry. YouTube, he must increase ministry. Okay, dokie. Let me give you one quick update that I think will be a blessing for you. So I'm doing better with my knee. I went to physical therapy today. And the only way I know I'm doing better is because he's making my knee hurt. Okay. And, and I told my, my, my physical therapist, his name is Joshua, and I told him, I love you, but I hate you at the same time. Anyhow, uh, so that's going better. Noel's starting to feel better. Levi's feeling better. Everybody is doing better, moving. We were all at like a two or a three. We're now all up to an eight. So that's pretty good. I'm pretty happy with that, and I attribute a lot of that to people's collective prayers. And I know some people will say, well, how do you know that? Well, I choose to believe that. That's how I process it. And then once you believe it, then you get to see how that works. It's not the other way around. Sorry. So in lieu of all that, I am going to ask you guys a favor, a kind of a different favor. Throughout this up-and-coming weekend, so this is a Thursday, throughout Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, when you're doing some of your prayer time, just be open or aware and consider some of the people and some of the things you've heard on the show and perhaps pick a person that you can lift up before the Lord. You don't have to spend four hours praying for them, but if you spend 10 seconds, 15, 20 seconds, that'd be kind of cool, and they'd appreciate it, and you can talk about it in the in eternity forward, but pray for one another and pray earnestly for one another, and remember that when you do that, when you sow that seed, that seed gets reaped back to you, and you'll have people praying for you. Not a bad deal. We are going to start with our read and ramble, so get ready. Here we go with read and ramble. Well, I'm ramming, 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 ramming. All right. I did just watch an episode on television where the whole thing was about somebody completing the task, completing the task. And that just word just stops there. Ramba. And then it's just like, Lynn, Lynn, say Lynn, Lynn. Okay, let's get into the text. Uh, kind of a wonderful text here. This is First Thessalonians, Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 6. And it's funny because we're coming to the end of Colossians, we're coming to the end of Thessalonians, so we're coming to the end of books, which means we've got to replace them with other books. Here's what it says. So then, let us not sleep like the rest, but let us stay awake and be self-controlled. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. 
But since we belong to the day, let us be self-controlled. So there's many wonderful things in here, but let's just start with the first thing, which we've got to work on to some degree on us reading Scripture and going overly nutty on overly literal interpretation. In verse 6 in chapter 5 in 1 Thessalonians, it says, So let us not sleep like the rest, but let us stay awake. For those that are struggling, that is not a literal stay awake 24 hours a day, seven days a week, all the time, never go to sleep. Okay, That is not what that is saying. That is more of an image teaching that Paul is using so you can connect to a point that he's trying to make. Keep in mind, Jesus slept. He took naps. I mean, let's at least get on the right plane. And what people do is they over-literalize the scripture to such a degree that they develop doctrines off it. Here's the problem with that. If you will read Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, you know what you find out? You find out in Genesis 1 that God created man and woman. But then you get to Genesis chapter 2, and it goes backwards and shows you before the woman was created what happened. So it's not always progressive. It's not always literal. It's not always specific like that. And we need to do a little bit better job of recognizing when it's obviously symbolic or imagery and so on and so forth. And for the people that have a hard time with this in the book of Genesis or in Thessalonians, you probably are just freaking out when you're— when you're reading Revelation, you're probably going, oh, no, it's an actual sword coming out of his mouth, and he can butter bread with it. Okay. Let, let's not do—don't do not do that. Do me a favor and don't do that, okay? All right. Here's what it says. So then let us not sleep like the rest, but let us stay awake and be self-controlled. Now, here's the great line. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. Here's the wisdom that's coming from this. Ready? Nothing good happens after 11 o'clock. <laughs> it doesn't matter what you tell me. <laughs> People are like, what? How do you get that in there? Oh, trust me. <laughs> Nothing good happens after 11 o'clock. In other words, there is a nighttime where things get worse for people. And for some weird reason, probably because it's dark out, there is a greater propensity for sin. It's like... You think, well, is that factual? Yes, it is, in fact. It's statistically factual. It's empirically proven. Oh, yeah, and it's in the scriptures, so then you know it's true. Here's what I'm trying to say. Those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. Nothing good happens after 11 o'clock. Never forget that. You think, but that's very practical. Uh Uh-huh. I think that's what he's going with here. What he's trying to teach us is, look, you got to be like people of the day. You can't be people at night trying to get away with things in the dark and the cover, sneaky, sneaky, sneaky. That's not the way you go about it. And then he says this in verse 8, but since we belong to the day, let us be self-controlled. Self-control, by the way, is one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit uh, mentioned in the Scriptures in Galatians chapter 5. Self-control may be the hardest thing that most people engage with because it doesn't say self-control of your walking or self-control of your driving, which maybe it should, but it just says self-control over every area of life. That self-control, when partnered with the help of the Holy Spirit, becomes more workable. That self-control apart from God 
is usually why you end up banging your head against the wall. Okay, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at year-end indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax-deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously, Or in Proverbs, where it teaches that a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can, right here on KAAM. What is the David Spoon experience? Jonathan and David were closely knit, and David made a commitment to Jonathan, and Jonathan said, I I want you to make sure you're not going to take any kind of wrath or any kind of vengeance on my kids, on my family, on my uh, people, and David made that commitment. What I want you to get in 2 Samuel chapter 4, verse 4, is that Mephibosheth is an offspring of Jonathan, and he was crippled, or he was lame. He couldn't walk properly. He couldn't, you know, function properly. He was at a tremendous disadvantage. And I remember when the preacher in North Phoenix Baptist Church looked at his audience, and just to give you an idea how big this church was, it, it, the, the auditorium seated like about 5,000. So it's like huge, right? And he looked at, he looks around at everybody. And then he says this. He said, you are Mephibosheth. And I was thinking, what? What? And he goes, you, and you know, I'm thinking in my mind, but he's just he's preaching. And he's a, oh, was he just one of the best preachers? You are Mephibosheth. You are lame and unable to walk without help. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. I will give you a quick update on my schooling because I do have so many people praying for the schooling, right? I have everything done. No, 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 no. Everything done, okay, for for this class except for one 30-minute editing. 
And then when I am done, I actually have three and a half weeks off. So who's happier than me right now? <laughs> Not a lot of people because I'm like, oh, oh, praise the Lord. <laughs> I'm just telling you that's what's going on and just sharing you what's going on. I'm so close. And it's like I love the professors because they know. They know when you're kind of like <laughs> – just losing it. <laughs> Poor guy. I feel sorry for him. All right, here's your first trivia question. Who was struck blind on the road to Damascus as he sought to persecute Christians? Don't get the name wrong. There's one letter. You got to make sure you get that correct. Okay? All right. All right. All right. All right. Uh, so make sure to get the right and right because if you put the wrong one, I'm going to just going to tell you. Just going to tell you. All right, let's uh, do our D. Oh, do I got to tell people how to reach us? Oh, yeah, I probably should do that. Yeah, probably a good idea. See, what am I going to do without Captain Chris? I'm just like, I'm just like he's, he, right now he's keeping everything in the show going. <laughs> uh, you can call in 972-445-0770 if you know that answer to that trivia question. You can also text in 214-210-8483. And then you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org, who was struck blind on the road to Damascus as he sought to persecute Christians. So we're not opening with a difficult one, but it's important for everybody to stay on track, especially with the things we're teaching. Uh, do our DNA real quickly. D stands for draw closer to the Lord. Daily. Daily. So we got somebody calling in. We'll put them on hold. But just making sure you understand, when we're talking about daily, it's this weird thing. It's, ready? It's it's daily. Okay. Just, okay. And never be ashamed of Jesus or his words. Some people don't even know what Jesus said, and that's not good. In fact, there's a portion of Scripture where Paul says, I, I speak this to your shame. It's like that's—or the Hebrews author, I mean, that's a bad thing. Okay, people in the church need to know what Jesus had to say. I mean, really, come on. A, always be ready— To serve. To serve, which means that you are not ready to be served— even though when you go to a restaurant, that's how you feel. Well, just in, when you're walking out and about, pretend you're a waiter or waitress from God. And then you could be ready to serve. Ah, that's a good tip. All right, we have somebody ready for Chris. All right, somebody calling in. Save the day. This is David. Who am I talking to? It's Deborah. Hi, Deborah. Love hearing from you. So never, ever, ever, ever think that you call to. I just don't want you to ever do that. That's just something the enemy would do. It's like, don't call, don't call. It's like, no, call. <laughs> Always call. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Oh, who was struck blind on the road to Damascus as he sought to persecute Christians? I think that was Saul. That is correct. And I actually would have given you a hard time if you had said Paul because he wasn't yet Paul. So that's why I was saying that. So in an old, old Bible I had from, I can't remember if it was from a different country or not, it said, now it's not accurate, but it's cool, but it said Saul meant destroyer and Paul meant builder. I don't think that's accurate. I think it's inaccurate, but I still love the analogy of the thought because certainly Saul was a destroyer of the church while Paul was a builder of the church. So. Oh, that is cool. That is cool. That cool. Hey, I want to just say congratulations on the show being renewed. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Ah, that's gr- I appreciate you mentioning that. We we didn't know what was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, and y'all have a good afternoon. All right. Thank you, and God bless you. Oh, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Good point. You know, that is a kind of a really cool – I mean, they easily could have said – Hey, I've had that happen before. 
<laughs> it's not the best feeling in the world. It's, you know, but you got to trust the Lord. Sometimes that's harder than others at the moment. Let's go back to this text. We got the trivia done. We got the DNA done. We're done, 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 done. You got a few minutes so you can take a breath and, and relax. Uh, here's what I'll do my thing. So we're in First Thessalonians chapter 5. I'm going to read up the run-up because I want you to catch this. Somebody else is calling in, so we do want to give – is that a new call? No, that's no call. Okay. Uh, here's verse 6. So then let us not sleep like the rest, but let us stay awake and be self-controlled. Okay? By the way, that's two times he says self-controlled. I guess there's a reason he brings it up twice, right? For those who sleep, sleep at night. Those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we've launched the day, let us be self-controlled. Now listen to this. This is cool. And put on the armor of faith and love and the helmet of hope of salvation. So I want you to stop right there because this is in Paulinian writing, okay? That's the writings by Paul. He has a couple of little hooks or a couple of little... So like, uh, let's, let's see. When you have a, an artist and they write a song, did you ever notice, um, I guess I don't want to use Peter Frampton, but if you did use Peter Frampton, you'd be like... You know, like that kind of thing, that whammy thing from his mouth. Well, everybody's got their little thing or little... Well, well Paul has one. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, but no, everybody does this. This is the same thing uh, all across the board. And so he uses this text. He says, put on the armor of faith and love and the helmet of the hope of salvation. Well, now, faith, love, and hope. Where have I heard that before? Well, ironically, you've heard that before, read that before in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, which says, now of these three that remain, faith, hope, and love, the greatest of these is love. You also heard that when we were going through Colossians in Colossians chapter 1, verse 5, not 15, 5, where it says, and faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven. You also uh, covered that if you were listening to the show, and we did 1 Thessalonians 1.3, where Paul wrote, We remember before our God the Father your work produced by faith, your labor, labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope. And then you have again here, since we belong to the day, let us be sort of putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. He uses this formula more than four times, but four times in its specifics. And it's fascinating because we always associate this with 1 Corinthians 13, 13, and then we do it at weddings and you know that kind of thing. But it's much bigger and much broader. And he uses it from a couple of different angles. On this approach, he's talking about armor, which also he covers in Ephesians 6. And he says, hey, faith, okay, and love, right, and the hope of salvation. And I like that he says the hope of salvation because part of your armor, part of your helmet is hope. And the hope of salvation is when this is all said and done and you've gone through all the trials that you can possibly go through or you've done all the reports that you're supposed to do, kind of a school reference there, or you've done everything that you were supposed to do, then you have this hope that enables you to endure, and it's the hope of salvation. When it's all said and done, ding, ding, we dance on streets of gold. Hello, that's what we want. And you can't lose that, because if you lose that, then you don't have anything that you're shooting for, right? Without a vision, the people perish. And it's difficult for us seasoned believers 
to remember the simplicity of hope. Why is that? Well, you know, now we're mature Christians, and we really understand how things go in the kingdom of God. And we've had many hundreds of prayers answered, so we really get it, and uh, we just don't have that same silly little igniting fire that took place in the beginning, because now we know better. Or we're a lot more fleshly than we think, and that when people fire up in the kingdom of God and get saved, they don't have as many impurities allowed in their minds like we are. <laughs> Could be that one, too. So my point in that is bringing up that faith, love, and hope are a consistent formula in the Paulinian writings, but they're ones that we should be active in. He doesn't write it four different times for the fun of it. He's not trying to fill space, Right. He's trying to tell them, look, you, this is an armor. This is part of what you use on a regular basis. You use faith because without faith, nothing's going to get done. You have to operate in faith. God commands it. In fact, you cannot please God if you don't operate in faith. You have to operate in love because God is love. And you have to have, to have a characteristic that connects you to God. And since it's part of his DNA is love, you got to do that. And you have to have hope, because the only way to get through some of this weird stuff that's going on is to have hope. And you might not like everything, or you might not agree with them, and none of that even matters. I mean, people get all—they get mad at me. It's like, well, Dave, you know, don't you think it should be this? Look, if I was born in Canada, I wouldn't say anything different. If I was born in Australia, if I was born in the U.K., it wouldn't be any different. It's what the Scripture says. And so we operate in faith, love, and hope. And that hope is our salvation, and believe me. If we did this whole thing just to be nice and squirrely clean here, we are not. Paul said we are, of all people, most miserable. Like, amen, brother. <laughs> There's nowhere to go. What are we doing? Right? That's it, right? And so that that's where the whole argument philosophically comes for Christian existential, uh, ex, ex, existentialism. And that's a false argument. That happens to be an oxymoron like jumbo shrimp. Because the, the idea behind that is that uh, you live that life and it's the best life you can live and then there's nothing to it. And even God wrote through the Holy Spirit, that's stupid. <laughs> so don't do that, Okay. All right, faith, love, and hope. So we'll go through the whole thing, and then we'll exit out because then get ready for Acts. And boy, if you don't like me now, you're going to hate me when we talk about Ananias and Sapphira. Uh, verse 6, so then, let us not sleep like the rest, but let us stay awake and be self-controlled. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. Yeah, everybody knows that's true. First, And we're talking about generalities. For since we belong to the day, let us be self-controlled and put on the armor of faith, and love and the helmet of hope of salvation. That is how the Christians need to walk. Okay? Okay. Wait, let me drop this book again. I can make more noise. Trust me. All right, folks, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break, top of the hour. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Most of my life, it feels like I've been running. Who is David Spoon? I have no idea. People have asked me about the David Spoon experience. They wanted to know what I thought of him. Like any person searching for answers, I have wondered about him. He was born and raised Jewish and after intense drug use, became a Christian. He's married to his best friend, Noel, has three children, six grandchildren, plus two dogs named Levi and Bert. 
He has three separate ordinations from three different denominations and is a summa cum laude for his B.A. degree in ministry and leadership, as well as a master's degree of theological studies and is involved in a Ph.D. program. He has a weird sense of humor and talks a lot. If people are seeking wisdom and insight from the great teachers around the world, would they go to David? No, I don't think so. And those big ears really don't help him. But would they enjoy his perspective on life, culture, politics, food, sports, local and national news? I don't know. I guess people will have to listen to find out. What is the David Spoon experience? You get into the Word of God and something's going to happen that will blow your mind. Ready? The law of the Lord is perfect, Psalm 119.7 says, able to restore the soul. And I've been in I've been doing this for a long time, and in my 42 and a half years of devotions and in my diligent devotion time, I kind of separate that between the two. I cannot tell you, it must be thousands of times where my attitude has been, and then I've went into the Word of God, and I came out different. It wasn't anything that I did as much as God speaking into me what he knows about his creation. And so I'm asking you, I'm pleading with you, even if you've been a Christian for 50 years, for 60 years, nay, for 70 years, like the Apostle John was on the island of Patmos, be in the Word of God. It is alive. And it will give life and impart life to you through God's Spirit. People come and they read the Word of God, and they're like, well, I get nothing out of it. Well, they don't mix it with faith. And the Word of God, the promises of God not mixed with faith are useless because you have to be engaged with God and know he's going to speak. People are like, well, that's that's a lot of requirement for me to get in there and read the Word of God. You want me actually to believe that God's going to speak to me? Yes, because he will And if you don't, you won't hear them. So when you open up that book, take 30 seconds, more than you ever have before, and say, just in this moment, just at this time, tune me in, Lord. Help me to hear what you have to say. Speak to me and let your word breathe life into me.